and welcome to a couple of oh, dusty, dusty muffins. muffins. You're it. looking pretty dusty today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Julie Blacklow. Who are you? And I'm Penny Legate. <laughs> and we are doing a podcast. Yes. Well, you know that because you see we're... <laughs> oh, God. Okay, I should start over. No, no. Keep oh, going. Keep going. Okay. Hey, who's out there? Is anybody listening? <laughs> Welcome to a couple of dusty muffins. How are you, Julie? I can't believe the name of our podcast. It still <laughs> makes me laugh. Well, you know what? When we tested it on people, a couple of dusty muffins, there are certain people who got it right away and absolutely double over in laughter. And then there's others who kind of look at us in a sort of a puzzled way and go, is this like a cooking show? <laughs> we did it because it really doesn't mean anything. We just wanted people to remember it. When we started this, Penny, as I recall, a couple few months ago, we said, we're just doing this for you and me. <laughs> Somebody else <laughs> listens. Yeah, we're having fun. Well, today we're going to talk about you and I, girlfriends. Yes. And we're going to talk about girlfriends and the importance of women throughout our lives. And as we progress through the various stages of life, how our girlfriend relationships change. We should probably remind people that we are not a couple of young muffins. We're dusty muffins. I'm 67 and you are. I am. Inc- it's hard for me to say this. 75. Oh, baby. I, I know. I know. It's so old. It sounds so old. I never had problems. 60, 65, 70, 72, 73. But when I hit 75 a few months ago, and oh my Lord, yep. you're old. I don't feel it. Yep. I'm active. That's the secret of, I think, the delusion of staying young. But yeah, I'm, I'm a crone. Yeah, and crones are good um, things. sacred women. That's a whole nother topic. But right now, let's talk about girlfriends. So when you were growing up, so let's talk about our girlfriends early on in life. You know, when we were in grade school and we were first developing girlfriends, what was that like for you? Were you a person who had a lot of girlfriends, uh, just a few, one, one good girlfriend? I had several really close girlfriends as a young child. I was raised in Arlington, Virginia, in a wonderful little neighborhood. And two of my girlfriends from the 1950s, early 1950s, I can't believe how long ago that was. We're still friends today. So some of those bonds that are formed do stay with you throughout your life if you're lucky. You know, the high school friends, I still have high school friends, and some stay and some slip away. But I still have friends of literally 70 years Mm -hmm. of friendship. But as I've gotten older, there's a certain reality that I've come to appreciate. And I think the longest marriages, in a way, the longest relationships for me are with my women friends. Yeah. I love men. I've had three great partners, but the women in my life are the truest marriages. What about you, my dear? I was always a a person that liked to have like one really close friend. And I'm still in touch with girls from high school. In fact, I'm getting ready to host a high school girl reunion, which will be fun. But um, oh, Lord. <laughs> one friend in particular is somebody, we had our own like weird language and very bizarre. Nobody like a girlfriend like that knows you like your, like your contemporary girlfriends. And what I mean is, is they knew your parents. They knew the house you lived in, you know, the fat wiener dog we had, my weird brother, you know, uh, my boyfriends, you know, all these things that they knew about you that uh, are kind of the foundation of who you are today. And that makes them unique and extremely valuable. Yeah. What I'm learning today as I'm aging and we go through these phases, right? Where we're raising children and we have girlfriends who are, you know, that we meet through 
the preschools we send our kids to or the grade schools. And, you know, we meet on the playgrounds and go to the recorder recitals, et cetera. And we get to know girlfriends that way because we're sharing this time of our lives. And girlfriends who don't have children, I noticed, fell away. And then you get to this phase where you're an older woman, your kids are grown and gone, and your girlfriends become like essential, essential in my life to ground me, to talk to, to laugh with me. (laughs) Yes. Hello, friend. And we've reconnected. After years of working in the same television stations here in Seattle, we never really got close, but we always had a connection. We always felt an affinity Mm -hmm. for one another. And here we are now in 2022. I can't imagine doing this with anyone else but you. And so we have a, a, a very special connection. I think as you get older, and also as a result of the COVID years, we've learned to really focus on what matters the most. So some of my friends, girlfriends have fallen away. We have less and less in common. And so I find that I just want to be with the people who I love, who love me, where there's a reciprocity. And I find that more with women than with men. Mm -hmm. I seem to go deeper with women. We're sharing some kind of learned knowledge after decades of life and raising children or not raising children or working or whatever, we have a bond now. And I think you and I, at this stage in our lives, are are on the same plane. You know, you were doing lots of different sorts of work than I was, more investigative, hard-edged things, and I was doing more entertainment programming. But our shared experiences as we progress through life with loss and love and growth and learning have brought us back to a place where we're like a knot now. We're like a, a rope that was side by side, flopping around, you know, knew each other, but now we're tied in a knot. And that's the way I feel with my girlfriends when I when I have a problem at home. And I have a wonderful husband, don't get me wrong, but, you know, I try to talk to him. My- <laughs> he's a, he's, he's a, a man. man. That's right. 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 You know, now, that, that may be a subject for another podcast, but let's be honest, they're a different species. Totally. So we need each other as women to talk about things that are often in, almost impossible to discuss with the men who are closest to us. And, and why do we keep trying? That's the well, crazy part. <laughs> Why do we keep trying to say, honey, I'm feeling da 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 da, or I need this, or you know, I I'm, I I need to have time alone, or whatever, and or this hurt my feelings, and then you you know, I go to my girlfriends, I said, well, I talked to, you know, tried to talk to my Craig about all this and this, and they go, why are you wasting your time? You need to talk yeah. to your girlfriends about that stuff. We're the ones who get it. Exactly. One of the things I, and in fact, you called me a couple months ago (laughs) to discuss something just Mm -hmm. like this. And I think I said to you, uh, just bring it to me. Don't, don't bother. (laughs) Okay. That's the bottom line. Just bring it to your girlfriend. We'll understand. And I've often said that I could move in with you or any of one of my girlfriends, my really close knit tribe, and we could live together fine because I would just know intuitively what to do and what not to do and how to listen Mm -hmm. and how to hone in on what I would know what was bothering you. You wouldn't even have to tell me. And by the way, for the record, I would put the dishes away (laughs) in the dish rack in the morning and I would not leave my clothes on the dining room table. So I'm just saying that these are things that we know 
intuitively. Right. When I divorced my first husband, who was a great, great man, but, <laughs> but a man. man. And so <laughs> I said, and they said, well, how could you divorce him? He's such a wonderful guy. And, and I said, he was, and they said, why did you divorce him? And I said, well, he didn't know what we needed at the grocery store. <laughs> now, every Gets woman that every woman who I've told this story to, including you mm-hmm. understood what I was saying. Yes. So, but you would have known what I needed at the grocery store, right? what we needed. Right. And I would have gone and done, not only would I have known, but I would have went to the store and gotten it for you. So women, especially now with more time behind us than ahead of us, it makes us focus on the incredible importance of our girlfriends. Yeah. I always thought a great idea was a granny ranch where, um, we have a big chunk of land uh, and a main house right in the middle. doesn't have to be fancy, but just kind of like a, a meeting greeting house where visitors could stay. Mm-hmm. And then each one of us grannies, because, you know, chances are we're going to outlive our husbands and we're going to need to be close to each other. We're not going to be wanting to get on the access bus to get to each other's house or whatever we have to do. <laughs> so, I don't know. You know, we have this like little circular thing, like little huts, yeah. little, little tiny, tiny houses where we can have our own privacy. We can even cook in there. La la la. But we would have this common space that we would take care of together. We'd pay the taxes together. We'd, you know, have somebody come and mow our lawn or whatever. And then we could have our meeting spaces at night. If we wanted to dine together, we could, you know, there'd be somebody who would like come up with menus and we could just have our girl, girl, granny ranch. Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh my Lord. You have just outlined my complete fantasy. And, and even if it's not in little houses, we could all buy a large home together with separate rooms, our own spaces and bathrooms and a common kitchen cooking area. To me, that is a dream that I hope still comes true because you don't necessarily want to be alone. Uh, again, an issue that's been heightened in COVID, but so a community of women living together, good friends together to see each other to our final <laughs> destiny. Yeah. So yeah, to take, care, to of take care of each other and we'd know what each other needs. Absolutely. So we should quickly remind people, I think that you and I shared, I had a 40 years in the television news business and a freelance producer, and you were in television hosting Evening Magazine. So we have a common background in broadcasting, and this is a new journey for us. But we're used to uh, talking. And we don't want to shut up yet. Yeah. We're not ready to shut up. So now no, we have we like this free form podcast where we can talk and nobody tells us what to talk about. Well, our, our producer, you yeah. know, who is a wonderful man, by the way, let me say. Um, so we're not against all men. I mean, we're not no, against no, no, men. We're not against, we're not no. against Clem. No, we love and men. he, and he's one of the only men I listen to <laughs> really <laughs> he or take orders from or suggestions. And so yeah. God bless you, Clem. Yeah. So just in wrapping up here, Julie, I wanted to talk about just the, like the energy around women. Right. And we talked about our girlfriends and we haven't really talked about what, what is this magic part of having a, a friend of the same gender, who gets things in a different way, who processes things similarly, you know, your greatest therapist. I just want to recall a time, the first time when I was doing a lot of public speaking back in the evening magazine days, I was speaking to an entire group of women for the first time in a big theater, big auditorium type place. And I'd never done that before. And I walked in 
and I started onto my talk and I just had to stop because the energy was unique in that room that day. It felt loving and supportive and and like people were getting it. I had to stop and just say, you know what? I am feeling like the most unique and wonderful female energy here that I had never experienced before with a big group of women, but it is a real tangible thing. I don't know if you've ever felt that before, but I felt it a lot since that in similar situations, whether it's small groups or larger groups, but it's unique and wonderful and uplifting. It is. I have felt it on several occasions when I did public speaking too. It's a, it's a warmth and an acceptance and it raises you up. It gives you incredible self-confidence and belief in yourself. And especially now, in the wake of what's going on in the world and what's going on with certain political issues, I feel an incredible surge of female power rising up. (laughs) Look out world. Yeah. I mean, I've got my drum ready. (laughs) I've got my gray hair. (laughs) Well, um, I'm glad that you're in my life. I want to just all throw out all kinds of love for all the girlfriends in my life. After we uh, finish up, I'm going to call a couple girlfriends that I haven't talked to in a while. Me too. Me too. All right, dear. Thanks for uh, listening today to a couple of Dusty Muffins. We love that you're here. We want you to be our new girlfriends and uh, don't mind including a couple of boyfriends too, do we? Well, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Spoken like a true hard-nosed investigative journalist. That's me. Yes. Love you, Julie. Love you, Penny. Be well, be happy, be grateful. And when you're driving around today, just let that person cut in line in front of you. It'll make you feel good and it'll probably make them feel really good. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We're a couple of dusty muffins. Now, you know, we have no clue how to edit this show. So we just talk and Clem Daniels puts it all together. Thanks, Clem. Thanks, Clem.